Welcome to Unspoken, the podcast that highlights experiences that are all too common but very rarely discussed. I am Dr. Clodagh Campbell, the wellness psychologist, and I feel very passionately about speaking the unspoken to remove the taboo and shame that so often surrounds our experiences and internal worlds. For each episode of Unspoken, I am joined by someone who would like to uncover their unspoken with us in order to help themselves, but also in order to help others. I really hope that you enjoy today's episode and that you take something from it. Today's podcast is very kindly sponsored by O oh Lovely. O oh Lovely is a beautiful Irish company built on belief, the belief that you can be anything and everything you wish to be. All O oh Lovely candles and diffusers contain crystals and gemstones to increase energy and to power your beliefs. So whether you're taking some well-earned me time, pausing to reflect and reconnect, or sending positive thoughts to loved ones, O oh Lovely positive affirmation candles make the perfect gift. Oh Lovely have very kindly offered Unspoken listeners 20% off site-wide when using code UNSPOKEN. Today we are going to talk about abortion, something that is without a doubt very unspoken in Ireland. I'm very grateful to be joined by Sarah, who has kindly agreed to share her story with us. At the age of 17, Sarah discovered she was pregnant and made the very difficult decision to have an abortion. Today, Sarah will speak to me about the shock of falling pregnant at such a young age, making the decision to travel to the UK to have an abortion, and the legacy this life-changing decision has left on her life. Sarah, welcome to Unspoken. Thank you for having me, I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm just so grateful to have you here to speak your truth when it's something that really is so unspoken. So thank you for being here. No problem. <laughs> thank you. I'd love to begin our conversation today by going right back to where this chapter started for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was 17. <clears throat> I'd just done my leaving cert and got into university. I'd worked really hard to get there, like everybody, I suppose. Um, and on the run up to Christmas, I found out I was pregnant. Um, so I'm three months into college and I'm loving life. And this is just the biggest wake up call of my life. And being so young, I didn't feel like I had a choice, um, to go through with the pregnancy. Um, so with my partner at the time, we made the decision to to have an abortion. I was really close to my parents. I still am. Mm. But um, I didn't feel like I could go to them. And I didn't feel like I could go to my friends. As good as they all are. Um, so we made the decision to have an abortion. So we went to Manchester in the UK. Um, and I went alone. I didn't go with anybody. I drained my credit union account <laughs> to to pay for it and to pay for the flights and um that's where it all started <laughs> wow take us back to that moment when you saw those lines pop up in the pregnancy test what was that like for you so I'd never done a pregnancy test before it had never been needed <clears throat> and my period was probably only two days late so it wasn't even, you know, really far gone, but I felt different. 
Okay. Everything about my body felt different. Um, so I took it kind of going, oh, I'm sure I'm absolutely fine here, but I'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was actually in the toilets in work at a part-time job. It's a Saturday afternoon and I popped out to Boots, bought a pregnancy test, felt the need to tell the pharmacist it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, and went into the bathroom um, on my own and I kind of, I done it, put it down. Mm-hmm fixed my makeup went back to it and I think I just went numb from from head to toe I went into like a complete shock um and in that moment I knew I can never tell anybody this um and I had a really good relationship with my partner we were, we were best friends so it really helped that I felt I could tell him and I have some amazing girlfriends but I I really felt I've messed up I can't tell anybody this um so yeah I went into complete shock and panic hysteria like I was numb I was honestly numb I didn't cry it was more just panic um and I remember just saying like what am I gonna do like I I can't go through with this pregnancy I was so young and I, I just went I went. remember going into the, the library in college the next day and just having a look on the internet about like what I could do. Mm-hmm. So I found a clinic that had a premises in Ireland that would kind of, you know, talk you through the early stages, do mm-hmm. your scan, do your booking, and then <clears throat> book you in with the clinic in the UK. So it sounds like from the get-go, this was, you had this sense, I just, I can't, I can't have a baby now, I'm too young, this just isn't the path for me. Yeah, absolutely, I was just like, I can't do this, it was just, I was too young, I wasn't prepared, and I'm one of these people, I had a life plan for myself, and it just didn't fall into my life plan, and I also felt I was just wasn't equipped for it. I wouldn't be able to give this child the life that I've always dreamed of having with a child and giving them. Mm-hmm. And at 17, both of us were so young. Mm-hmm. We just weren't going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Those days where you were in shock and thinking, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Take us back to what those days were like. Um, I completely withdrew from everybody. Um, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to work. I remember like just going into like a Starbucks because my mum would be at home, you know, I just didn't want anybody knowing anything was going on. Um, so like I used to spend the days on my own, like in town or in a Starbucks, just thinking, processing, going through everything. Um, there was definitely times where I'd flip-flop on my decision. Like, am I doing the right thing? No, no, I am, I am. And kind of like talking myself through it. Um, and just feeling lost um, and alone. And like nobody would ever understand this. Um, also a lot of shame and like guilt that like I've gotten myself into this position. Um, and kind of knowing what I was going to go through. Um, if I done it so I was just lost in those days that's the only word I can use to describe it I was completely lost 
I feel so sad for that young 17 year old you that was feeling that way essentially all by herself I know you had your partner but it sounds like you were processing this you know by yourself in those moments yeah you you really are because it's your body and then although you know in that early pregnancy you're maybe five weeks pregnant maybe you're getting symptoms but probably not but you're in your head you know you're feeling things that maybe aren't there and um you're, you're researching it and you know what's going on with your body and your partner just can't understand that because you feel it it's your body mm. um you know it's it's the baby that's inside you not him so yeah it was it was very lonely mm. very lonely you know at 17 your life decisions have been minimal up until that point you know maybe what college you're going to go to um or what are you going to do at the weekend but you know you haven't had to make any big decisions mm. um and when you do you rely on your parents or your friends to help you make those decisions so this was this was huge to have to do it although I had him with me he was great but it really was my decision mm. and I had to I had to stick with it and mm. see it through as you're sharing this with me I can see you tearing up yeah. mm. As long as it's been years and every time I talk about it, it's like it opens a box that you've just kind of put away. Mm. Um, it's difficult no matter how long it's been. Really difficult. What would you say the most difficult part of it is? Um... I guess I feel guilty. <clears throat> I've went on to have another child in the last two years. Um, I feel guilty that I suppose that baby didn't have life. But, but my child now does. Mm. So there's that guilt. But I suppose there's also shame. Um, with the decision that I made although you know it is legal in Ireland now it's still it's still a thing a taboo subject that people just don't talk about so that shame is still there mm. you've mentioned your parents a couple of times yeah talk to me about being in that moment and making the decision not to to go to them it was a really difficult decision because I'm close to both my parents. Um, like any extracurricular I took on, any subjects I took on in school, they were involved. <laughs> they were involved in every aspect of my life. They would have known, I, I could guarantee you, they would tell you now if they met you, that there's nothing they don't know about me. Mm. Um, I'm typically an open book. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so to to keep this from them I had to kind of withdraw a little bit um and not be around them as much um and just to kind of avoid any conversations that were going to be triggering to me or upset me so I would just say I'm really busy with college or out and about and to be honest they didn't question it mm. um and why did you decide to keep it from them Mainly because 
so there's two things one I think they'd be like we'll help you we'll help you raise a child you can go to college and you know um it's okay which was which was definitely plausible there is they're so supportive um and that just wasn't what I wanted and then the other side of it was I was afraid that the, the disappointment that they'd be so disappointed in me they'd be angry with me and that maybe I would have to go through it alone um but I also I also abortion was never a topic then I suppose most households since the referendum have had that conversation around the dinner table so they know where everybody stands where back then there was absolutely no conversation about abortion so I guess I didn't know my parents' stance on it, as open mm. and as progressive as they are. I, I didn't know their stance on it. Mm. So there um, was fear there. There is complete fear. I just, mm. I didn't want to be judged even more because I was one person in their eyes. Mm. And I guess I didn't want them to see this other side. You say I didn't want to be judged even more. Yeah. What does that mean? I suppose getting pregnant as a teenager making that mistake which felt like a huge mistake at the time Mm. um to then going and making another big decision Mm. instead of continuing on Mm. so you said you found a clinic in dublin i found a clinic in dublin and i went to them they advised me you needed to be seven weeks pregnant to go through with the termination so I had about a three-week wait before I could go um, to Manchester. Mm. So it was with them, you go in and they actually do a scan to to verify the pregnancy. Um, so I'd never had a scan before of any sort. And that was really difficult. Um, they don't show you the screen. Um, but you can hear it. Mm. You know. The heartbeat. You can hear the heartbeat. Um, and it's quick. They're like, yeah, okay. Um, they were really kind. They were really supportive. Um, they do all the bookings from here. Um, one of the things they said to me, which was probably one of the most difficult things, was they said, you know, when you get there, there may be protesters outside. Um, and that hit me really hard, you know. Um so just to be aware and I was like okay okay so um what was hearing that like for you that kind of brought me back to the reality that you know there is this complete other side of the coin this complete disgust in 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 having an abortion and people's views on it um so you know that made it very very real really brought it home um so when I got to when I did get to Manchester um there was protesters outside Mm. so the taxi driver when I gave him the address you know he said oh I'm gonna have to leave you a little bit away because there will be protesters outside Mm. um so having to kind of you know walk down the road and walk past these people in was was really difficult it was really stressing Mm. um and intimidating I can imagine what was 
What was the journey over like? Did you go alone? I went alone. I got like a 6am flight. Told my parents I was staying in a friend's house the night before. So that was easy. And um, I stayed with my partner the night before. And he would have wanted to go with me. But I just felt it was easier to go alone. And this was my decision. Um, So I got like a a 6am flight. And I went straight from the airport to the clinic. Um, when you say you felt it would be easier to go alone, what does that mean? I think I was trying to deal with my own emotions and I didn't have the capacity to deal with his emotions. Um, as supportive as he was, he was still very emotional and upset about the whole process. And I didn't have the headspace for it. I really just needed to focus on myself um, because I was I was in turmoil. So I needed to be able to look after myself and not feel like I had to look after him too Mm. I suppose I was protecting him as well like almost like he wasn't going to be complicit you know Mm. that it was it was just me so so I went alone when you use that word complicit it it really says a lot about how you feel about that decision in your life yeah I suppose you know I knew it was illegal and I didn't know like could you be arrested for this you know it, like I didn't know I'd never heard anything about it um and it was just such a huge decision yeah, it was huge so I just felt it was easier to go alone um so when I got to the clinic then um they were amazing they were really sweet really kind um kind of sat in a waiting room with other women it was actually a woman in there who'd been on my flight um and she said to me you know I actually knew you were going to come here I knew by looking at you on the flight where you were going um wow that just gave me goosebumps hmm I, I was probably very emotional. I don't remember the flight, honestly. I don't remember that morning. Um, but I remember her saying to me, I I knew you were coming here. She could see something in you that she was feeling herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the clinic was full of, like, so many different types of women. You know, there was a woman in her 40s who had grown children and she was just like, this just isn't the right time for me. Mm. And then there was... Then there was women in my position who were just so young and had made the decision. But there was only two of us from Ireland. What was it like to sit with those women and to to speak about why you were all there? <clears throat> it was actually lovely to to kind of let your guard down just a little bit and to speak about how you were feeling and how daunting it was and and why. And honestly, just speak the truth for probably the first time in weeks you know um it was lovely we all just kind of sat around and and chatted and it was lovely um and then even afterwards you know you're kind of put in a recovery room with them um it was a bit quieter then because everybody was just kind of processing what had happened and what they'd just gone through so that was a bit of a different experience coming out What was it like 
hearing your name been called from the waiting room. It's a really good question. Um, I think part of me was relieved that I was here and this was it and that I wouldn't have to carry this secret and this burden any longer. It was more like the anticipation, but also like panic because you are mildly sedated, you know? So you are very aware that it's happening. Um, they also ask you like what you would like done with the fetus afterwards. And that kind of, that kind of sucker punches you a bit. Because um, it's something you just don't think about yeah. before you get there. Um, what was it like being asked that question? It took my breath away. And I just said, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they said they typically just incinerated if that was okay. Yeah. I said, yeah, that was fine. Um, I'm actually not sure what the other option was, but there was there was definitely another option. Um, yeah, that was really tough to hear because it makes it more real. Mm. Like get... the heartbeat in the first clinic. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What was it like coming to after the procedure? Um, <clears throat> it was it was a really mixed bag of emotions. I remember waking up and just burst in a crying like this wave of emotion just came over me um and the nurse just just grabbed me and hugged me mm. she was so kind um she was like it's all over it's all done um you know talking me through you're gonna feel pain you're gonna feel um sore but you're also going to feel upset and and that's okay these are hormones and these are emotions and, you know, your body's going to go through it. Um, there was also, like, relief there as well. And I was like, okay. I can I can just go back to my life now. And I genuinely believed that, well, that's it now. You know, I've, I've done it and I can just move on. Um, but I guess the weeks, years showed me that I didn't just move on but in that moment it felt like upsetting but also like okay mm. it's over mm. yeah I've gotten to the other side I've gotten to the other side and I've stuck with my decision and as hard as it was I'm here Um. <clears throat> just trying to be strong I think in the moment mm. um but there was a lot of tears a lot of emotion so what emotions were coming up in that moment um a lot of guilt I suppose um a lot of confusion you know you, you've made this decision and you've gone through with it but you now have more of a clear head to think about think about it to think about the repercussions so I went straight back to the airport because I had nowhere else to go and my flight wasn't until like seven o'clock that night so I had a lot of time just sitting and being 
um, and thinking, oh, everybody knows why I was here. Feeling watched and judged, but I would have known nobody. But I remember feeling extremely vulnerable mm. in the moment when I got there. So it's like a relief and relief when I was there. And then when I actually got out and I could breathe, um, I guess that's when the loneliness, you know, kind of sunk in for me. I feel a bit lost. I can't even begin to imagine what being in that moment was like for you. It's it's something I haven't experienced since and I wouldn't wish it on, on anybody. Um, it's, it's just such a tangle of emotions. You're literally just in this ball. You can't unravel it no matter what you do. Because every time you kind of work through one emotion, another emotion comes and then you're kind of back to square one with the the original emotion of just lost and upset and confused and angry as well at myself and I suppose everybody else as well because I couldn't talk to them so I guess I was angry at them too for for not being able to talk to them. Mm. Angry at yourself. Definitely angry at myself. Angry at myself for getting into the position of being pregnant at 17. But but also angry that I had to make the decision and I had to do it alone. And, and that I actually went through with it, I suppose, as well. Angry at yourself for going through with it. Yeah, yeah, some days. Yeah. Oh, it's so complex. It's so complex. Yeah. You know, earlier you said you felt like you you didn't want to tell people for because of fear of judgment and yeah. not knowing how it would land with them. Yeah. But you also say that there was some anger there for you that you weren't able to tell certain people. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I guess it was because it's something you just don't discuss. You know. I was just fresh out of school so it's not a conversation that would have ever come up um nobody had been pregnant um and I just I, I think I just knew didn't know how people would react and I suppose at that age people are very judgmental at any age I suppose but you know at that age you feel even more judged you're still trying to find yourself and who you are um so I just, I, I just felt like I couldn't talk to anybody mm. because it's, it's such a life-changing decision, but it's also such a taboo decision as well, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You've mentioned guilt and shame a lot. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what went through your head when those emotions came up for you? I guess I just I changed as a person somewhat because of them. Um, I would have been extremely outgoing and bubbly, and the guilt of it made me kind of pull back and protect myself more from people, um, and the shame as well. Um, just you have a picture of your who you are, 
in your head and when you make a decision like that you're kind of running on adrenaline when you make the decision and then it's the aftermath when everything's quiet you're just like whoa I'm this person and I've done this um so it kind of makes you rethink your identity and who you are and the decision that you've made and the impact that it's had you know um so within I think two or three months I was actually on antidepressants because I had just lost myself and I got some help um you know I didn't tell my GP my GP is a family doctor I know now that they can't they can't speak about it but I didn't feel like I could tell him so you know it was more just I'm stressed from from college and the come down of the leaving cert and all of that thing so so even in asking for help you were too yeah. afraid to I was to yeah. share your experience no I didn't I didn't feel like I could tell anybody um I think the first time that I ever told a medical practitioner was when I was pregnant um with my child and they asked me you know have you been pregnant before this your first pregnancy and my my gosh my instinct reaction was to say yes this is my first pregnancy but I thought well what if what if I'm damaged and they need to know so I remember telling them no I had an abortion when I was 17 and I think she was really shocked and caught off guard she just said oh okay and she asked me where I went and did I do it properly and asked me was it um was it medical or was it surgical or something like that Mm. Um, and then every nearly every appointment after that while you're going through your maternity process you know they're like oh and I see here this is your second pregnancy and you kind of have to say yes but I had a termination because you know they don't click into the notes so it's kind of brought up again Mm. each time yeah that was probably the first time I I told a medical practitioner I just never felt I could talk to anybody what was it like saying those words for the first time terrifying because you know you're you're in your 30s now and you're you're pregnant and you feel like well I've done everything right if you're looking at society and what society expects of you and you're excited because you know you're going in for your first appointment and then that reality kind of comes back and bites you a little bit you're like oh yeah I have this past um guess it also makes you think do I deserve to have this baby um that kind of kicks in as well you know and you're you're wondering if you know the, the midwife on the other side of the table is judging you as well you know yeah you know I'm really struck by you talking throughout this conversation about your fear of others judging you I'm really struck by how much you've judged yourself every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been... I think it really comes back to you think you're this person who I suppose never has to make that decision. But then when you do, you're like, I did that. Yeah. I think I would do it again. I don't regret my decision, but I still feel the guilt and the shame for it. And I think it's really important to say here that no one can ever know what they would do unless they were in that position. I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Because it's one thing thinking about it, but being that 17-year-old girl in that toilet in work. Yeah. It's it's terrifying. It's And it's so isolating. Um, it is... It, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. And I hope nobody ever has to do it alone. And that they have somebody. Because it's scary. Yeah. It, it really is. sounds and you... You know, just sitting across from you, hearing you share your story with me, I see such a strong, brave woman. Thank you. I'm in awe of you, and I mean that sincerely. Thank you. It's taken a long time to get here, but yeah. What led you to coming today to share your story with me? On the build-up to having a baby and having my daughter, I'd, there were so many resources for me to um to help me through I had a bit of postnatal depression so to help me through that to help me being a new mom to help you through matrescence and all of these things it was podcasts there was instagram people you could follow you know there was people like yourself to help you through your wellness but back then like I think we had facebook maybe but there was nothing there was nothing there um and I was really alone there was nothing that I could even turn to to say well she went through that and she came out the other side and she went on to have a a child and a normal life and she was okay um so I guess when we spoke and you asked me if I'd be willing to do it I was like well if I'm not going to there's there may not ever be anybody that's willing to do it um so that's why I'm here I suppose to just I've had all this help from other parts of my life from people doing podcasts so I thought you know what it's my turn if I can help one person yes it is petrifying and it's really lonely and it's a huge decision but that you will be okay in your life you will be able to move on but you need to you need to seek help as well can't do it on your own as much as you want to yeah you mentioned repeal yes what was that time like for you because it was so widely talked about in Ireland at the time repeal was probably one of the most difficult stages after the abortion and it was years and years later and I was in I was in the workplace like I was working so it was a conversation that was had constantly and that kind of brought me back because you have a box and you close it and you leave it there um, and it completely opened that Pandora's box for me. You had images absolutely everywhere of what was going on um, 
and it really showed you the disdain towards abortion in Ireland. The, the voices were very, very loud for pro-life. And then you also, you know, you have the people in your life and they're starting to talk about their opinion as well. You're like, okay. And to be honest, it made me feel even more shame than I had felt before. It was really, really triggering time. It was really difficult. I felt you couldn't open social media or turn on the television or even go to a bus stop because any city centre bus stops, you know, like Dame Street or Connell Street, there was, there was protests um, with their billboards and their placards. And that was, that was really troubling. Mm. I can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult because it's it's such a a split community and society when it comes to it. Mm. Um, and I remember when when it actually went through the complete emotional breakdown that I had. I was I was so pleased that you know girls would no longer have to travel and do it on their own and that they wouldn't be so alienated from society that they had that choice over their own body regardless of their circumstances um but on the build-up to that it was really difficult yeah have you kept in contact with your partner at the time i actually married him Yeah, he's the only other person that I've ever spoken to this about. Knowing now that you stayed together, do you think it would have changed anything back then? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I was still so young and immature and I just don't think I would have been capable of being the mother that I am today to my child um but it does kind of bring that guilt because you know you look at the child that you've you made and you can see a bit of both of you in them and you're like wow um you, you do kind of picture what maybe your child would have looked like or would have been and you know maybe they'd be 14 or 15 years old and you're like okay so yeah there's there's that that kind of sticks with you because you did go on to have this life I'm lost for words at your strength it's taken a long time to get here it really has <clears throat> but I'm finally feeling strong enough to talk about it mm. and it's it's been a hard road to get here We've only met today for the first time, but I feel so proud of you. Thank you for just sitting here and speaking so openly about this really unspoken thing. Yeah, it is completely unspoken in our society and and that really does cause women to be completely alone. Yeah. And repeal has helped a little bit, but not enough. Well, I see a strong brave resilient woman thank you sitting in front of me and i really do feel so proud of you thank you so much for so bravely talking to me today 
The inspiration behind Unspoken came from my yearning to help others feel less alone in their journey, whatever that journey may be. For me, it was growing up as an adopted child feeling extremely anxious and unsafe in the world due to my perceived early experience of abandonment and rejection. For Sarah, it was navigating falling pregnant at an incredibly young age and feeling very alone as she made the difficult decision to undergo an abortion for which she travelled to the UK for by herself. For many years since, due to the deep-rooted shame, guilt and fear of judgement Sarah has carried, she has continued to feel alone, something that makes me so sad to think about. For those of you listening who may relate to Sarah's story, whatever your journey or whatever aspect has sounded familiar to you, I am sending you so much love and hope that by hearing Sarah's words you are feeling less alone. Remember that the decisions we make in life do not define us or our worth. When life feels hard, we do the very best we can to survive. And if you carry shame and guilt due to decisions you have made or actions you have taken, perhaps it's finally time to work towards healing and letting go of this burden you carry. So how can we do this? A powerful strategy that comes to mind that I complete on a regular basis with my beautiful clients and that I'd love to share with you today is to write a letter of compassion to yourself. When it comes to compassion, there are three components to consider. Number one is recognizing that you are only human and that as humans, we all struggle and take actions or make decisions, but we sometimes go on to carry guilt or shame for. As fallible humans, we are never alone in this and remembering that can be very powerful, as well as the fact that we typically do the best we can to just get through a difficult and painful situation. Number two is offering yourself the same love, compassion and understanding you so easily give to those around you. So can you start to do this through this letter? Can you start to cultivate the same love, compassion and understanding for yourself? This burden you have been carrying. I really hope so. And finally, number three is tuning in to how you are feeling in this moment. What is present for you in both your mind and your body? What emotions are arising for you? And with this knowledge, then asking yourself, what do you need in this moment to heal? Perhaps it's self-forgiveness. Perhaps it's to finally share the burden that you have been carrying with someone you love or someone who can support you like a mental health professional. Perhaps it's lowering the extremely high and often unattainable standards you have set for yourself. So what do you need to heal? What do you need to let go of? Ask yourself, you hold the answer of this deep inside of you. So with that said, let's go back to this letter of compassion that you're going to write for yourself, drawing on these three factors. I would encourage you to write this letter to your younger self. Write whatever flows from your heart and write until your hand gets sore. I promise you that this is an extremely powerful healing process and I'm wishing you the best of luck with it. And if emotions arrive as you are completing this letter, remember that this is normal they are valid, so allow them, welcome them. This is healing. However, if the thought of writing this letter makes you feel really terrified, like it's too much for you to even consider, perhaps it's time to reach out to a mental health professional who can support you through this process. This is why we are here. This is the work that feels really meaningful for me. This work changes lives, so I would love to support you with this. Just remember... 
You are never alone. There is always help. Thank you so much for listening to Unspoken with me, Dr. Clodagh Campbell, the wellness psychologist. Be sure to like, subscribe and follow me at The Wellness Psychologist on Instagram if you'd like to hear more. If you identified with this topic, make sure to check out the show notes where I've listed related resources for you. I hope you find them beneficial.